0: This is the podcast for small business owners and entrepreneurs who want to learn how simple ideas can lead to big wins for your business. I'm your host, Ryan DeLello, professional dancer from TV. So you think you can dance turned entrepreneur and business owner. I'm on a quest to discover the most creative ideas that have made all the difference for successful businesses. This is the ideal wins podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Ideal Wins podcast. Today we are very excited to have on the podcast Dick Grove. With a 50 year career in media relations, Dick Grove is the founder and the CEO of Kansas City based Inc. Incorporated Public Relations. Dick has led campaigns on behalf of countless business consumer and entertainment clients. He served in the MarCom C-suite with companies like Intel Corporation, GE Capital, and as a VP with industry powerhouse Burson Marsteller. Dick set out on his own in 1997 and created something unique to the industry and built his company using a then unheard of pay for performance model where clients didn't pay unless they saw results this model is still running successfully today. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Oh, well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Well, tell us a little bit more about yourself, Dick, maybe a little bit anything that I missed from your background, because you are um, just an icon in the PR industry, you've done so much. And I actually studied PR, I got my degree in PR from Brigham Young University. So um, yeah, tell us about yourself.
1: Well, I've heard it said before, but you stay in any business long enough and you become an icon. So uh, (laughs) I've been around this business for over 50 years now in terms of it. And I started in New York with that big firm, Burson Marsteller, traveled Mm -hmm. various places with the corporate side as well as uh, uh, my own small agencies at times. Uh, But then I kind Mm -hmm. of settled into a, a, a different kind of groove in the early 90s Uh, realizing that uh, the the compensation was terribly unfair compared to the results that Mm -hmm. were being delivered by both big and small firms and both as a client as well as an agency guy uh, I wanted to try a new model and so that's what I did I basically invented a new model about that time so but uh, but yeah I've I've been across the board in terms of both advertising public relations uh, uh, I mentioned earlier in a few other bios that I, I did spend some time in the entertainment world, uh, mm-hmm. but primarily with the same idea that mass communications—that communicating—and yeah. uh, even when it came to entertainers and entertainment ideas, I was—I mm-hmm. came up with some ideas to blend uh, entertainment with corporate uh, needs in terms mm-hmm. of their communication needs. So. But uh, well, we
0: share that in common. Obviously, I have an entertainment background right. uh, being as a professional dancer on TV. And, you know, I've done the same thing with my businesses that I run and realize, you know, it's pretty much a performance. Like when you're really connecting to your audience and you really understand your audience, you know, in entertainment, that's why they love you. That's why they keep coming back because you're connecting to their heart, to their soul, what matters to them. It's the same thing in business, right? If you are you have a very specific customer that you're trying to talk to, how you talk to them is kind of like a performance. It's kind of like, uh, how, do you, how do you get them to keep coming back and being part of your, uh, your tribe, right?
1: I agree, I agree. There's, there's a great many similarities and, uh, uh, in terms of, it's communication with an audience, as you mentioned, it really yeah. is. And you want it to be a favorable communication because mm-hmm. you want that yeah. audience to be favor- to think favorably on what you're saying, doing, performing, et cetera. and it, it's there's a lot of similarities in it, and yeah. and frankly, the reason that I've enjoyed it, I've, you know, I was never destined to be an accountant, uh, <laughs> I was never destined to be a stockbroker or a, or a doctor, uh, but I always gravitated toward the idea okay. of somehow, uh, particularly in terms of mass communications. And Mm -hmm. and that's where I've settled over the years. So yes, there's a lot of similarities to it.
0: I love it. Well, let's, let's dive into um, because here at idea wins, we're all about simple ideas that make a big impact for businesses. And I love this model that you created. Um, One of the questions is for you to tell us your your best small idea for big business wins. And I think that model of hey, you know what, I'm going to step outside of what the entire industry is doing. I'm going to create a model where you pay if I get you the results. So tell me about what led to that and and how that's worked out.
1: Well, uh, pretty simple, really. Uh, After, you know, 30-some years in the business, I I had came to a conclusion, both being on the client side as well as on the uh, PR agency side, that – that clients, that, uh, PR firms get hired for a lot of reasons, but they usually get fired for one mm-hmm. almost predominantly. And that's coverage. Ultimately clients mm-hmm. want coverage above all the other things like consulting and crisis management mm-hmm. and all of that. But ultimately they want media right. coverage. And so, uh, I looked at it and said, you know what, there's a better way to do this. The other thing I noticed was that, uh, uh, firms tended to overcharge but not deliver and uh, Mm -hmm. so I was looking to try and build a model that would that would in effect deliver first and charge second Mm -hmm. and uh, thus led to what we call pay for performance or pay for results and it's it's pretty simple it's uh, the Mm -hmm. idea is that you get the more coverage we deliver a client the more they pay the less coverage we get the less they pay. And it's based on a very firm foundation of input from the client. So we're not casually going out there pitching any crazy story that might happen. Uh, it's very much right. based on the needs of the client, the marketing, the business needs of a client. And we, but we, we decided that uh, in order to do that, the model depended on a couple of things working for me. Uh, one was finding really good talent. Meaning Mm -hmm. the people that are going to be pitching and placing those stories have to be highly experienced. And uh, so I decided to do something different. I went after senior level people working within the media or who had been Mm -hmm. on their own in PR firms and then wanted to work maybe from home because that did something else. Mm I was able to yeah. lower my overhead by letting people work from home even before there was much of an internet out there. And, uh, by getting right. senior level people that knew where to take a story and how to pitch it, uh, mm-hmm. and letting them work from home, the combination of that meant that by lowering my overhead, I could take more of the financial risk off of the client and put it on me to actually deliver results. So, the concept—that's right. basically the concept. It was very simple, yeah. but but highly blasphemous. By the way, it still is <laughs> today. It still is. I mean, uh,
0: but I love know, that. Yeah, I, I love people who take an industry and shake it because that's what we need. That's how we progress. That's how we get better. Um, that's really what idea wins. What we want to do is like, okay, what simple things can you do that will disrupt a marketplace and really drive results better than anyone else. So I'm so glad you're on our podcast because, and then, you know, what you mentioned as well, just the work from home. Now, you know, after COVID, that's kind of, right. it's gone kind of viral, <laughs> but you were a pioneer with that, right?
1: Well, it, it, it was very simple in the beginning because senior people, and my senior, I mean, people that are highly experienced, not necessarily gold and gray haired like I am now, but people that are highly experienced. And what they looked for was the ability not to have to commute in every day from uh, whether Mm -hmm. it be White Plains into Manhattan or whether it be from the suburbs into San Francisco or L.A. or Chicago, Mm -hmm. but be able to work from home and have a more of an environment conducive to really doing their job rather than spending a lot of time on it. And what we found was a lot of people like that concept. Oh, yeah. and, uh, and, and people work
0: to... harder when they're fulfilled and when you have more freedom of time and you, you, you know, a lot of people go into the office and they just, I did, I, I worked, I did financial services for about nine months sitting at a desk, you know, looking at numbers. It just wasn't for me and I hated my life. So I wasn't performing well in my job either because I just didn't like what I was doing. I didn't like all being right. in the office all day. So,
1: well, but... it, it takes a certain kind of person to be self-disciplined too.
0: Yeah.
1: To work from home.
0: Very There's true. no doubt
1: about that. But the, the basic concept of PR being to place good stories in the media that bring positive effects to your client, mm-hmm. that's not, and I hate to say it, I get a lot of criticism for that too. It's not rocket science and we're not curing cancer. We're basically mm-hmm. convincing the media to carry a positive story about our client's Usually right. a soft business story of some kind or another, mm-hmm. and uh, that doesn't that. What you need is is a certain innate ability to uh, to know what news is, and to have a yeah. sense of news instinct about yourself, to have a good Rolodex, mm-hmm. or as we used to say, a Rolodex. Now, you know yeah. you've got a good list of where you can take these stories, and. But one of the fallacies, and I like to always say this, uh, is one of the fallacies in the world of PR is that it's relationships that deliver coverage. It's not, Mm -hmm. okay? It's not Mm -hmm. who you know at the Wall Street Journal. It's how good the story is and how it fits what the Wall Street Journal wants. It's always good to know somebody that you can first make a contact to. Usually, yeah. If you have a good relationship with a reporter or a producer, it's based on you delivering good stories over a long period of
0: time. Mm-hmm. It's
1: not based on whether you're somebody's cousin yeah. or or had a drink yeah. the night before.
0: Absolutely, because they're not gonna they're not gonna want to keep using your stories if it's not good. That's right. You've got to produce good stuff that they like. That they're getting the results that they want. Otherwise, they're not going to keep using you even if they like you, even if they're family, right? It doesn't matter. It's like, it's got to be results driven, which is how you built your model in the first place. So let me go to my one of my other questions. Yes. Yeah, sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, I was gonna say ultimately, whether you succeed or not is whether you continue to deliver the results. That's the key. Yes. And, uh, and it's a constant, uh, creative battle, let's put it that way. And a lot of people Mm -hmm. wonder whether creativity comes in PR. Uh, It comes in because you're pitching a reporter or producer to use their valuable space to carry a story about your client. And and to do that, you've got to come up with a very good creative hook that Mm -hmm. fits their needs. And uh, it's a constant battle to do that. Advertising, no. Advertising, you pay for the space, you pay the whatever. Mm -hmm. You can say whatever you want to and place it wherever you want to. But there's a reason Mm -hmm. in the PR world that it's called earned media versus paid media because you earn the right Mm -hmm. to get in there. So I, and that's the part I also love because it's a, it's a creative challenge every day. And the people that work for us also Mm -hmm. sense that. So,
0: yeah, but it's, well, it sounds like you have good people. And like, like you said, you you were very smart to get high-level people um, who had already been in the media or, or big PR firms who understand that process. Not only do they have connections, because I'm sure that was important too, but more than that, they want to keep those connections, and they want to deliver results for those connections. So I love that.
1: Well, the challenge... Great. Today is, and, and by the way, over the, all the years, and even the years that this company, I've had this company now for 25 to 30 years, the challenge comes mm-hmm. that it's, it's always changing, and the media changes sure. constantly, and it's changed dramatically mm-hmm. in the last 5 to 10 years. The advent mm-hmm. of social media, the advent of yeah. everything, I mean, 90% of all stories now are carried online rather than in print. Uh, Yeah. So it or or broadcast. So it's always a challenge. And then, of course, social Mm -hmm. media has changed things. And now with the advent of uh, uh, and the intrusion to many to a great degree of uh, of artificial intelligence, it's uh, you've really got to be on your on your toes because so much the audience now has become uh, jaded, cynical. Uh, et cetera, or what they're seeing or hearing, is it true? Mm-hmm. Is it fake news? Is it Has yeah. it been created by a, by a chat bot, for God's sake? Uh, mm-hmm. That's the challenge. Mm-hmm. And so uh, yeah. it, 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 it's, it, it's still exciting, but it's changed dramatically over the years. Yeah. And, uh, and to find, you know, to, to still be successful in that is, uh, uh, we feel pretty good about it to be honest with you.
0: Oh, yeah, that was going to be my next question is what is the greatest challenge right now? And you let us straight there. So you know, I have a personal feeling about this, I think we're going to go through a cycle where you know the AI is the biggest rave right now. And everybody's going to be so excited to to be using AI and try to use it, you know, to implement into their business. But like you said, people, you can't replace a personal touch. And People are getting jaded and they they don't trust everything they're seeing now. And I feel like there's going to be a swing back. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I, I personally believe that there's going to be a swing back the other direction where people are just going to want to know for a fact that they're working with people. <laughs> they're talking yeah. to a person. It came from the heart of a person. This is just an idea that I have. And I don't know, it might take 10 years before we come back to that point. Maybe it'll it'll take a couple years. But um, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. But I, I have this feeling that oh, we're I gonna agree. get to a point.
1: And it's yeah. even how it's even now as a firm how we present ourselves. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. so many PR firms now uh, prefer to call themselves marketing agencies or digital marketing agencies. And mm-hmm. I want to say, oh, posh, you know, that's ridiculous. Uh, what good PR is presented as real stories from that, that make resonate with your audience. And, yeah. uh, and to say that you're a digital marketing agency when you're really, that, that means you're trying to cover too much in my mind. But mm-hmm. uh, we like yeah. to think of ourselves as, uh, as kind of old fashioned because everything is done by hand, every, every pitch mm-hmm. is custom pitched to a particular reporter or producer. And we still find that the most effective way, rather than blast mm-hmm. press releases out over the, yeah. you know, online and so forth. Uh, so we're kind of old-fashioned, but it's uh, it, it still... But that's refreshing in
0: today's approach, world.
1: Yeah, and what we where we involve social media is we tell our clients the most successful mm-hmm. social media you can have is content that's created by a third party, i.e., the news media. If you can mm-hmm. post a story that's been that is more credible because the, somebody in the Wall Street Journal or USA Today or the Today Show, etc., did a story about you, then yeah. post that on social media. Then you've got some real credibility going. Oh uh, yeah. As opposed to just creating your own stories or whatever and putting them out there. Um, Absolutely. We try to use social media, but we use Mm -hmm. it as a conduit uh, for for the credible content that we produce. But yeah, I love that. It's a challenge. It is a challenge every day. Things are changing, Ryan. So uh, there's no doubt about it. I a little bit like you though. I believe it's cyclical. Mm-hmm. Uh, much thing is the same way with the economy. I mean, we've mm-hmm. weathered three different recessions over the years that have had this company, wow. and in that process, you've got to just hold steady, believe in what you believe in, hold to your integrity, and uh, and 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 bet that it's going to come back to you. And, yeah. Uh, so far, it's worked pretty well. I'm. Uh, I'm never a person that ever says never. But so far, it's worked pretty well with those with that kind of a feeling on it.
0: I love that. I think that leads me into my next question, um, which is I like to ask this sometimes to our guests, if you had the ability to pick any business superpower, what would it be and how you put it into practice?
1: Well, how have you put that? Yeah, they're under fire right now. But I love I love Disney only because I've grown up. With Disney obviously and how it's evolved mm-hmm. into this gigantic media conglomerate but but tried mm-hmm. to hold true to itself nevertheless and uh, uh, the fact that they're involved in everything from news to sports to uh, uh, to entertainment uh, mm-hmm. even entertainment experience in terms of the parks and so forth I'm mm-hmm. fascinated by that business and if if I, had a, uh, if I had a wannabe sometime, it would be I would love to be heading up. I'd love to be Iger, who's in charge yeah. of, uh, of Disney. And uh, faced with the, even the problems of crazies like DeSantis in right. Florida, uh, I still believe that the company is something that would, I just look at it as a company that, uh, that embodies all mm-hmm. the different disciplines that I think are very cool.
0: Yeah, so we're we're in an interesting age right now, because um, I think one of the reasons why Disney has been so successful is because they've really understood their audience and they've really been able to speak to their heart and connect to them in multiple audiences. Like you said, they've grown from their original audience and they have so many different, you know, audiences and disciplines that they're been successful at. But with a world that is so divided in a country that is with You know politics and it seems that when companies and you can see this with uh budweiser uh recently when companies start to dip into that realm of the very highly kind of controversial political things it hasn't been going so well so some of disney's uh films that really tanked that had done that and now budweiser with their move and you know it's just a challenge because the world is so divided and it is there's there's you know, a lot of political tension right now, what is your opinion on that? I mean, personally, for me, I I just think that businesses need to try to stay out of those highly divisive areas as much as possible, instead of trying to become an advocate for either side, because so far in from what we've seen, it hasn't done very well (laughs) for for the companies.
1: We in the early days took on a couple of political clients and, uh, I should have learned from my original mentor uh, at Harold Burson, at, who founded Burson-Marsteller back in the '50s. Mm-hmm. And he once told me when I first went to work for him back when I was just a young nothing, uh, he told me that uh, we we won't work for political candidates because I'm a I'm an ardent Democrat and Bill Marsteller, his partner, <laughs> is an ardent Republican, and we can't agree on it, so we don't work for him. Uh, I learned a lesson later on that uh, political politics is fraught with two things. One, it's bad business. I mean, it really is because mm-hmm. you're dealing with. Uh, you, you, more than likely, you're going to get stiffed rather than paid by a political party, <laughs> okay? Uh, yeah, or a candidate. Unfortunately, true. <laughs> uh, you have it. You have the opportunity to alienate at least maybe up to or more than half of your audience that you want to so why yeah. why get involved in yeah. that and uh, yeah. so yeah we stay away from it do we have our own political opinions damn right we do
0: everyone uh, should <laughs> you know uh,
1: but I believe in the certain things that uh, that politics it, no I just we really want to avoid it yeah. The other thing we avoid now, pretty much, and interesting enough, Ryan is, uh, entertainers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we found that entertainers are difficult to work with. And, uh, uh,
0: yeah. David
1: Copperfield was a big client of mine back in the mm-hmm. early nineties, the uh, illusionist.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, we just found that in a couple of other entertainers we worked with to be, uh, you're dealing with egos. Yes. And you're actually not dealing with the budgets. They they tend uh-huh. to be very tight, OK, as well yeah. as being egotistical. So
0: it's yeah. one of those oh, I, I, I like, know I understand it. Trust me, that's why I had to leave L.A. We were there for three years and we had to get out. <laughs> there's a lot of great people, but there's a lot of egos.
1: Yeah. And so at one point in time, you say, is it really worth it? No. Is there an upside? It, the upside isn't worth it. Other than the fun of saying you work with somebody, you know, right. And, uh, yeah. uh, that's somebody that's well known and so forth. But now we prefer to stick to our, uh, our, our business clients and our, uh, our, you know, whether it be 501c, uh, charities mm-hmm. or whether it be major publicly traded corporations, We we just find that's to be, that's a comfort zone that we feel comfortable with.
0: Right. Love it. Well, let's let's uh, finish with one final question. It's sure. been great having you on and I, there's so many gems of knowledge that you've shared today. So I hope people uh, not only listen to the whole thing, but go back and re-listen to it. But this final question, what does success in 2023 mean to you? And then this could be personal or on a business level?
1: Well, if you, if you talk to any small business, and I like to think we're still small to medium size, but if you talk to any small business, an absolute honest answer would be survival, okay? But, uh, <laughs> but other than that, it's, it's certainly growth. Revenue growth is what I would consider successful. We're still looking to grow in terms of being not so big that we can't serve our clients well, and I don't want to mm-hmm. be that big. But we mm-hmm. do want to, You want to always increase your revenue every year, particularly in a business yeah. where where there's such turnover in clients constantly.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, the other thing is you want to have you want to have a sense of satisfaction. We're, we want to work for white hat, what we call white hat clients, uh, clients that where you have a sense they're actually accomplishing something beyond just making profit for their uh, making mm-hmm. a profit for their horrors, but actually doing something that's worthwhile. Uh, I love that and things, and and uh, the other level of success is free time. I mean, I Mm -hmm. I I like to make sure my people have free time, and I certainly want more free time as I get closer and closer to some kind of retirement age. I happen (laughs) to be a motorcycle rider, and uh, I like out on my bike every once in a while, and to write. Oh uh, yeah, you know, somewhere along the line, you know that I've written a book. I wrote a book about a year ago about these. 50 years of experience of mine and stories and anecdotes called called It's the Media Stupid, PR without the BS and uh, uh, I'm looking to do a sequel to that and perhaps some other writing which I'm looking to
0: do. I'm you glad just... you mentioned that. Where, where can where can people find the book?
1: Oh, uh, you can find it on Amazon for sure. You can go to okay. our web, to Inc.'s website but you can also find it on Amazon and again it's the title is It's the Media Stupid PR without the BS. And it's awesome. available on Amazon and on our website. And, and, and your website
0: other, is Inc INK. The
1: website is of course W.W.W. dot ink dot com.
0: Excellent. And we will link that in the show notes. Great. Um and It's been awesome having you on, Dick, really. Well, it's a pleasure. um,
1: It's a pleasure. (laughs) You're a legend in the PR industry. I'm envious of anybody that has been able to dance in ballroom dancing, as well as a few other disciplines, you know. So uh, I think it's great. Yeah,
0: it's it was. It was. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was a great part of my life. And so appreciative of that experience that I was able to do do with my wife and Um, but I'm also loving being an entrepreneur and I I still perform. I still have uh, shows that I do here and there, but I love being an entrepreneur. I love, I love PR. I love, uh, messaging. Um, and, and that's kind of, you know, always been my passion. And I, I think I did that in dancing. I wanted to connect with people and now I'm doing it with business. So thank you.
1: Well, you're in a great profession to do it right now. Seriously. And uh, thank you. And I, I, I'll I'll shove the compliment right back at you, Ryan. You're a you're a very good interviewer. You
0: thank you so like much. You're
1: enjoying the interview.
0: I do. I do. I love this great. I, I love it because you get to meet great people just like you and learn from you. So appreciate your time.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it as well.
0: All right. Thanks for being with us, you guys. We'll see you next time on the idea wins podcast. Thanks for listening. If you're looking for tools or resources to grow, optimize, and save money for your business, or if you have questions about today's podcast or a previous episode, go to ideawins.com. We believe every idea counts and a small, simple idea might be the only thing holding you back from a big win for your business. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And as always, thanks for sharing Ideal Wins with your friends. I'll see you next time.